0: you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius only you could find oh there it is drawing board or miro our finished and unfinished work lives in one place and he's one
1: join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in miro
2: brainstorms get your first three boards for free at miro.com that's M-A-R-O.com.
0: life is a highway
1: with Hall of Fame basketball player, Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald.
3: Welcome into Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network with Ralph Sampson. I'm Mac McDonald. Great to have you. It is a you know, it's a basketball weekend. I don't care how you look at it; it's a basketball next couple of weeks. And Ralph, when we think about what happened last year at this time, the tournament being shut down, the ACC tournament, the conference tournaments all over the country, and then all of a sudden the NCAA saying we can't do it. Think about that. One year ago, probably this weekend, we were all looking for tee times. We were all in shock.
4: Well, you know, it's uh, this is the weekend, and I was headed down, you know, a couple of days ago to one year ago to the ACC tournament. I'm driving. I'm in Lynchburg picking up my brother in law on my way from Harrisonburg. And I get a call and say they canceled the tournament. Like, wow. okay, why? Wow, what's going on, et cetera? So I'm like, okay, then we knew at that point in time <clears throat> something was real serious. And that you have to kind of figure it out at that point in time. But I mean sometimes they say time fly. I don't know if this year is slow by Mac at all, because there was sometimes during the stretch of the summer like this year would never be over. But a year later, here we are, and uh, at least we got some ACC basketball going. It's in a bubble, but at least we got guys playing in a safe manner.
3: Yeah, I think I think the NCAA committee has done a pretty good job of of really kind of managing things. And and when you know they even came out last week and said, "Look, if you got five healthy players, you can play." And, and, you know, they're going to make a decision on coaches, I guess. But, you know, they've spread it all around Indianapolis. They're going to the fairgrounds. They're going to Hinkle and Assembly Hall. And, you know, they're going to West Lafayette. And, they're, you know, they're, right, they're, right. They're, they're actually, I think, putting – I think they'll be able to put on a pretty good show. The, the seatings are going to change and that kind of thing. I mean, the, the brackets are going to look a little different as you start to prepare uh, to, to how to select your teams. But I, all in all, I think the, the, the committee, with everything that's going on, and, you know, some teams played 14 conference games, some teams played 19 – you know, uh, some teams didn't have any quad one games at home. Right. You know, right. those kind of things. I think the tournament – I think they've done a pretty good job putting things together.
4: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, they, I'm sure they took some – ideas from the NBA all summer long when he's trying to get the NBA finals in, which they did a great job with Adam Silver and you NCAA. Know, like, imagine now, you know, not thirty-two teams, sixty-eight teams, sixty-four teams. So now you don't have to you take the travel out. You only travel on the bus, you know, to and from a game or to and from the maybe the next location or wherever the regionals might be held. So it will be interesting for me to watch how they've done it. And how teams are selected as well. I mean, mm-hmm. this is selection weekend. It's going to be amazing because teams. I mean, it's h- hard to rank the the last one in the last one out because they didn't play,
5: you know, a right. full
4: season. So it will be interesting to see what they do.
3: And right. with the scheduling, I mean, they're even they're even going to go Friday Saturday, you know, like Sunday Monday, you know, right. those kind of things. And and they also said at Lucas Oil uh in indianapolis it won't be like an aau tournament they're putting up two floors and they're finding places uh, teams are going to have their own hotel floors teams are going to have their own like own practice you know everything i i think they're doing everything they can to make sure that this tournament i mean we're not out of the woods yet i know things have improved i mean i've had one shot i'm going to get my second one uh, this coming saturday i i understand where we are but i think uh, um, you know, when I heard Dave Gavitt and, uh, and, and uh, the Kentucky AD, uh, you know, Mitch talking about the country needs to get away from Netflix for a little while. <laughs> we, we need to have, and, and you know, we just need the culture of an NCAA tournament. And I think that's well said. I mean, I think uh, most of America, get, whether you like basketball or not, you have a bracket in front of you. And I just think they've, I think they've done a wonderful job. I agree.
4: I mean, I mean, come on, The springtime has sprung a little bit. Uh, it's March Madness. I mean, all these years, everybody that loves sports, and loves college basketball uh, thrives for this time of year. I mean, I know I do. It's, you know, it's getting to be warm in Virginia now. And it's like for me, you know, it's March Madness. And mm-hmm. to be able to see a college game, it's going to be interesting with no fans, no band, no hoopla. But I'm sure the NCAA and all the TV networks would find a way to make it creative. I know they did the NBA, and I got used to that, right? I don't want to get used to that forever, but I got used to watching a game with no fans. Yeah, Uh, It's different. Uh, They pipe the noise in, which is great. But it's still not quite right, but it's basketball at its finest. So I take it.
3: You heard what the women's, uh, for the Alamo Dome, for the women's tournament, you can buy a cutout for $100. And then it, it, it goes to the Pat Summit charity, the KEO Cancer Fund, and it goes to the food bank in San Antonio. And for a little extra money, Ralph, you can get your cutout shipped to you <laughs> <laughs> now now they may have to use a little more cardboard for you maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe like, it's full I'm, top, just my saying, <laughs> I'm just saying if you want to cut out it's a hundred hundred dollars I,
4: I just want to sign by the coaches I mean all the coaches <laughs> need to sign like 20,000 of them right so they can give one to all the people that do that
3: all right I'm going to give you the best tease I can we have two ACC legends as our guests today I can't wait we'll come back in the Winter circle network and we'll talk to one Gene Banks and one Al Wood. We do that after these words. Stay with us. The mission for the Samson Family Foundation is simple. We strive to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational, scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities. Your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate, It takes teamwork to make the dream work.
1: You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player, Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back to center court with Ralph
3: Sampson on the Winter circle network. It is an all American day. I can't, I can't think of a better way to say it. Mr. Al Wood, all American in North Carolina, Gene banks, all American at Duke, and just two guys that were so impactful in the Atlantic coast conference. It would take me forever to list all their accomplishments and I'll get to it as we go through the program, Ralph, you, you drew two aces today for sure.
4: Uh, eighth in the hole blackjack eight ball in the corner the pocket i don't know which one they called or whatever but uh, we uh, so two two things with these two guys al remembers when i took my recruiting trip to north carolina yeah he was my host and he says okay great takes me out had a great time he said, leave me on the other side of campus walk to carmichael remember that walk to carmichael and i get lost on the campus right so al can tell that story as well and then Gene the only person that ever dunked on me. So my, my freshman year, he's he the only person that ever dunked on me. But, you know, I had to get him back sooner or later. But yeah, I'm sure, Al, you remember that story, right?
6: I remember that story. And the worst part about it is Coach Smith almost kicked me out of school when I left you on campus.
3: Mr. Wood, why would you leave Ralph on a recruiting trip? What happened?
6: I can't... I Actually, I can't vividly remember why, but it had to be something really special for me to... uh but Lee Ralph
4: at seven foot four, he couldn't get lost. So I know it was. A <laughs> <problem>. <laughs> it's so. easy. Just go through campus or whatever. And I, I mean, you know, I'm on the campus in North Carolina. It was a warm day, so you you fellas know what's going on, right? You just, just walking, looking, talking, thinking about you know all the stuff as well. So it took me a little while to get to the car. Break.
6: Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it still was fun. I wanted to give him a little freedom and see what it was like and so forth. But nevertheless, uh, again, uh, Ralph. Uh, as well as Gene, made a great, great uh, decision in the schools they went to, uh, especially uh, Geno and myself, because me and Gene came out of high school at the same time, and,
4: mm-hmm. you know, I used to
6: read about Gene all the time and up in Philadelphia and so forth. It was a big, big deal, man, and uh, just, just came into the ACC, in my opinion, at just the right time, you know, freshman year going to the Final Four for Duke and, you know, mm-hmm. having that epic battle with a, a Kentucky. So all those things, uh, it's been so great for the ACC as far as I'm concerned.
2: Gene, did you consider North Carolina? I did. You know, I, I, I had to take uh, six visits, and uh, I had to choose them uh, like I wanted to. You know, back in the day, used to guys can be able to travel all the time uh, to a lot of places, and the NCA cut that down because I'm sure guys are going to Hawaii. And all places, <laughs> you know, so they cut it down in uh, Michigan, NC State, because of David, the influence of David Thompson being on television, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michigan, and then Carolina watching them with Phil Ford. Uh, was 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 very interesting. Interesting. Notre Dame was one of those that was on their list. Uh, uh, but Carolina was on there because of that. And then Duke just got into it to let my English teacher was one that said I should at least go visit. See how it was I had one more trip. But I'm gonna tell you those trips were I'm sure Ralph and Al can tell you those trips were interesting because I did mine weekend after weekend like in September. So it was like the early part. And they after the first, the third one, it just became the same old. You know, each school was just as good as the other school. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm 17 years old, and uh, I enjoyed it, but uh, I didn't even go to Michigan or Notre Dame. I didn't even take the trips to there, because I was just burnt out. And when Dean came to my house, Dean came with uh, he came with uh, Guthrie, and he also came with uh, Folk Flo- Flo- Is it Eddie Fogle? The thing that scared me about Carolina, they came in there and they sat in my front room. I sat on the sofa and they sat. My mom set the chairs up around. I was like in the Senate, like in the Senate, Senate meeting, hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there looking and Dean was sitting. Dean was so cool. We was all cool. And he says, you know, he said, I'm not going to promise you that, but that you'll be a great forest addition. And I was like, I wouldn't say I was intimidated, but they were clean. They were sharp. They looked like the men in black. You know, it really did. <laughs> Um, but I like I like what they did and I like how, how they put the things together and, and so forth. But uh, uh, that was my experience with Dean. And, and, and Dean also was one of the guys that uh, we were quite behind the scenes. And people didn't know. We would say different little things. And he, he brought me a beautiful wedding present. He came over to my wedding. He didn't come into the wedding. He drove over there and dropped off an ice machine. Say, I don't even know that. He dropped off an ice machine and left because I had it at the Duke Chapel but uh, I really respected him and uh, uh, it it was just a great time. Al, what
3: was your impression of coach Smith when he, uh, when he recruited you?
6: Well, again, uh, as uh, Gene alluded to in my lifetime, there's been several people that once they walk into the room, it it changes the whole atmosphere. And one of those uh, people were uh, with Dean Smith. He was the same way he came. He came into my house with my grandmother. And, uh, He sat down and he told uh, pretty much the same pitch in terms of being a good addition to North Carolina. He was letting us know who was there. And at that time I was asking him about Gene Banks and Albert (laughs) King. (laughs) Because I wanted to know, obviously if Gene Banks and Albert King is going to be going to uh, North Carolina, chances are I'm not going because we we pretty much play the same position. And uh, so somebody's going to end up sitting the bench, so to speak. So in the end, I chose North Carolina at a later date, but the other person that I, as Gene was talking about taking all these trips, I always wanted to meet Bear Bryant. So I took a visit to the University of Alabama Mm
1: -hmm. and I got a chance
6: to go and meet the Bear. That was one of the thrills of my life to go into his office. Now, I almost choked to death because he was smoking cigarettes. (laughs) 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 But but that was a a great trip. And also I, I took a trip to UCLA, but Coach Wooden had retired Again, these trips for a guy coming from the south who had never really traveled, these trips was amazing to me. So I got a chance to take all these phenomenal trips and meet all these amazing people and really have a, just a tremendous experience in my life that otherwise I never would have had.
2: Think about this. I went to UCLA too. And, and I, I know we're, we we love the Lord and all that. They took me to the to the uh, Hefner house.
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, You it's went to the mansion.
2: Yeah, I went to the mansion. If they would have had the letter of intent, with them there, I probably I'm up. Johnson, Johnson took me around. You know, I'm from the inner city. You know, so you said you a kid from the side. I'm a kid from the inner city, going to these trips. That was amazing for me, going out and seeing all this stuff as well.
3: I'm sure being yeah. from Philly now. And Ralph, do you think Bear Bryant tried to talk Al Wood into playing tight end?
2: <laughs>
4: hey, trust me, I'm sure he would have would have <laughs> if we got there, He'd like tight end, wide receiver, or something, right? He kept the ball, had good hands, and you know, tall at the end. I'm sure Bear would have found a spot for him. He played two sports.
3: Well, I'm gonna embarrass I'm gonna embarrass Ralph then because since I got the league nineteen eighty and you guys were just absolute icons. What was your impression of playing Virginia and playing Ralph? Man, let me tell you something.
2: <laughs> I got elbowed in the throat by Lee Raker. Okay, Lee Raker had to. He, all, you know, you, that was your boy. He was, <laughs> he was he the caught, enforcer. He caught, yes, he caught an elbow in my throat. I turned around. I think Arnold I Ralph passed the ball in, and I just my adrenaline and I got the skill real quick. And as soon as I got it, I was so pissed off, and I and that Ralph was there, and I just <laughs> went up and I just wanted to ram it through. That you need to blame him for all that to happen. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> That's really what happened. So, other than that, normally I might have switched it up or whatever. But I was just so pissed. I just, I'm just, I was mad.
3: That was it. Well, in 1980-81, of course, the two the two Carolina Virginia games were remarkable comebacks by by UVA, the 17 point comebacks and everything that happened both at Carmichael and University Hall. But um, Al, you got kind of got even at the Final Four, didn't you?
6: Well, I was uh, Ralph and I talked about this a few days ago. Um, uh, we had we had Virginia down double digits late in both of those games,
3: mm-hmm.
6: and everything was going our way. Uh, we had the last shot at the game to win it. The game was tied up, and I knew I was going to be overplayed, and I, and I remember telling Jimmy Black, whatever you do, uh, get it to me. Just throw it to me. Get it to me some kind of way. They're going to be on me tight. And he came down my right side, and, he, and they were all over me, and he went the other way. And I, almost, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I almost just died at that point because I knew you know we could we still could make a shot i mean so forth but still I, I was hot i had a good game going if i'm not mistaken i probably end up with about 33 in that game so i, I had a really good game but we knew there was going to have to be something pretty much in mid-range because ralph was not going to give up anything around the bucket that mm-hmm. wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. so you had to either shoot a jump shot something in mid-range you get fouled because you know he pretty much controlled the lane but it was always a a pleasure to play against uh virginia because you had terry holland there as well and He has some really good players, but as far as I'm concerned, I was thinking about this recently between uh, uh, Wake Forest, uh, Virginia, Duke, uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State. I mean, it was so much fun to to see all those guys and play against all those guys on a night in and night out, and I used to watch them when we weren't playing. It was just a wonderful time as far as the ACC is concerned.
4: Uh I I tell everybody all the time, though, I mean, when we played ACC – I mean, every team, even from the worst team, and I say Clemson with Larry Nance and the crew, they weren't a bad team. I don't know if they just had a good coach or not. But, you know, it was a battle every night. I mean, yep, you, yep. you know, going up to Maryland, you and yep. and the, the crew, whatever. I mean, you have to play every night. I don't think it's any era of basketball that I can recall right now that's like when we played there. No,
2: and here's the thing is, Georgia Tech, I think when they came in, that was like a little weak thing that they had, a situation yep, where they yep. were getting the but even Clemson knocked us off twice when we were number one in the country down at that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Little John's that. a tough place. Man, yeah. And I hated
2: that. But they, they put the football players behind our bench, man. Back and
3: spitting and everything. They had about a, about a thousand damn
4: cheerleaders, man. They had yeah. all them cheerleaders
3: all over, all over the corner. Gene Banks, Al Wood, face to face in our little Zoom window and, and stick. You have put together an all-American show. No, I want to do this because
4: you see the camaraderie as uh, we played against each other. But sooner or later, we become a brotherhood, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, you know, this is March. And I know in Virginia right now, the sun finally came out. Give me your best because in my first experience at ACC, we go there as a freshman. We get beat by Clemson in the first round. We out. I mean, okay, great. But I remember it, Greensboro in the hotel. And we had all of our fans. We had this guy named Graves, Jimmy Graves, Graves Mount Lodge, he had this big Winnebago out there with food Lord. They want us to eat after we get beat. I'm like, I don't want to eat. And I said, I'm ready to go home, period. So that's that point. But what, what are your ACC tournament experiences? Because I know for me, in Greensboro, they can take it to New York and all the other places, but Greensboro is the place to have the ACC tournament to me.
6: Well, my experience of it, obviously, just like Gene, we didn't have very far to travel. I mean, we – We would take the bus up, and we would do just like Duke is doing right now. We would actually go back home. Uh, But my experience was as a freshman, I think freshman players today, with all of the AAU travel, with all of the uh, experience, social media, there's nothing that you can do today that's not on television or some kind of way on social media. But there's a lot of things we had to learn from learning for the very first time. We were seeing it for the very first time. So as far as the ACC tournament go, I really didn't grasp it, really, until my sophomore year. Uh, We got beat, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we got beat early my freshman year, and then we ended up getting a bid to go out west to play. We got beat by San Francisco and Bill Cartwright. So as a freshman, you really just learning the ropes and trying to figure out what is going on and so forth. Uh, I had Phil Ford on that team. He was a senior leader. But still, I, I was too wet behind the ears, to be honest with you to really know what was going on as compared to the guys today, because mm-hmm. they get so much more experienced at such an early age. I just think that they are uh, really prepared and ready to go from the time they put uh, foot on campus.
2: Yeah, the, the sad part about this ACC tournament with the freshmen, they're not going to see that experience. Uh, the, the guys that went to Virginia, Carolina, and Duke this year because of COVID, you know, no fans and then mm-hmm. not being able, besides having the fans cheering for you and being there for you, Going to somebody else's place and getting that experience, you know, getting the adrenaline—they would have missed that. And uh, and one of the things I found, I was talking to some of the guys from the Duke Duke group. I, I don't. This is the first Duke group I've never had a chance to sit down, and talk with, see, or spend time with because of COVID and they lock things down. But they they don't really. They'll never really understand these freshmen that are there, what the Duke experience is like. Just like they won't really know the Carolina experience like because a lot of students not even on campus. You know, even if they're on campus, you got seventy five of the kids on campus, other ones doing online. So they're really not gonna get the experience. But like Al said, they've had the AU experience. So they travel a lot, they in and out. So they got that. Uh, so they're used to that kind of situation. When I came to Greensboro, the funniest thing was that uh, Duke decided to to uh, make reservations. We stayed at the Hyatt in Winston, but they were taking a risk and coach bill false came and said i'm taking a risk because of you i said what do you mean because he said because you know every year we up here we won and done <laughs> <laughs> he said he said i bet he said i pack a I i pack a, a handkerchief and that's it <laughs> he, said, <laughs> I, he said i feel something special and i was like okay i didn't know what the history was as far as them in the acc tournament and we were you know we got on the roll we got playing very, very well and and we wound up winning that, beating a, a team like Wake Forest with Rod Griffin, who was a beast.
4: Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know?
2: yeah. Um, you know, that, so that, that for me, Greensboro was great great uh, home for me because if it snowed, we felt we were going to win. Both times we won the championship, it snowed. So it was right. like, when we saw it snow, oh man, this, this going to be one of those things. And then, you know, my, my wife was from, my, she was my girlfriend, who became my girlfriend, was from Greensboro. So there was some sentiment there, you know, that kind of thing.
3: But I mean, the ACC had such a footprint. Um, Al, you were from Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, and then um, Gene, of course, he was talking about the inner city of Philly. But the ACC footprint wasn't it just the basketball league at that time with those eight schools?
2: For me, it was. I mean, you know, we uh, to say at least when you talk about the ACC, Carolina was representative. State has always been representative. Uh, you know, you saw them in national TV, even when we are up – because we had the big five of in Philadelphia. You know, mm-hmm. we had that – that was something that – they had a double hitters at the Palestra. You know, you had St. Joe's Penn and LaSalle and all those mm-hmm. things. But when we saw the ACC games, and there was ABC whatever, we we had to watch those things because, you know, we got a chance to see some broader base situations.
6: Yeah, and the thing about it is my experience of really locking into the ACC was the year that Virginia went crazy with Wally Walker. Uh, and Walker went 76, absolutely yeah. nuts. Uh, and I was wondering, who is that guy? And he went nuts in the ACC tournament, and they went on to do, do quite well. So at that point, if you're from Georgia and you're watching the SEC basketball, I mean, literally, you think that you are uh, watching people sleepwalk. I mean, it was, it really was boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at, at that time, I mean, they didn't have many fans. It was a football conference. So. Right you didn't have a lot of fans even going to the basketball game. You had Kentucky. They had a big crowd, but other than Kentucky, you didn't have uh teams that had a big crowd. So it was, it was quite uh, boring as compared to the ACC. When you watch the ACC game, it was like so much excitement. The fans were into it and it was great. And really I wanted to be a part of that experience. And uh, again, just like Gene talked about earlier, I was such a big David Thompson, uh, Monty Tow fan. I love those guys. And uh, I watched those guys and, Obviously, uh, they had Kenny, if I'm not mistaken, at the time, Kenny Kenny Carr. Carr. Kenny Carr.
3: Yeah,
6: Yeah. Kenny Carr, Mo Rivers. Uh, So they they had a a squad, and it was fun to watch those guys. So, again, to miss out on that experience is, is too bad for too many guys. And, again, I remember Coach Smith coming to me after my junior year, and he was talking to me and asking me about going pro. And I said, what? I wasn't even thinking about turning pro. I wasn't thinking about the money. The only thing I was thinking about was coming back because we had gotten beat in the first round of the NCAA three straight years. And wow. there was no way that I was going to uh, leave college with that. And then, again, we had a guy by the name of uh, James Worthy on that team and Sam Perkins came mm-hmm. in. So I knew we had a pretty good chance.
2: No, I would say what's really interesting about, like uh, Ralph and, and Al did say, you know, when, when we didn't play or after we played, we rushed back to our apartments or our dorms or whatever, and we watched the games. You know, we were, we were pulling, checking them out. And we were pulling for guys and seeing who's going to do what and how they're going to do this type the other thing. So it was almost like a great support thing being watching because everybody in our league could ball. You know, it was any given night, you better come with your game. If you don't, you know what's going to happen. So we had that grit in us that, you know, it's like you go into that, that playground court, you got your five, going, you got to come with it. Um, that's what I loved about the ACC. The competition was just amazing. Getting getting in touch with the fans, and you know you want to play against the against the old opponent uh, fans, and uh, there, there, there was no better league there was. Period. I don't think people had well we did.
6: They had no clue how tough it was to win against anybody on their home court. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean to, to beat another ACC uh, school on their home court that was very tough. Once you stepped onto that other team's court, they were going to give you their best shot, and you knew they were.
4: Yeah, that was that was every night. I mean, you just just kind of flash back in my memory. So you remember uh, a Car from NC State, and so the Shepherd Bear from Maryland, Lawrence Boston. Yep. I mean, the yep. names go on. John Lucas' name goes on and on and on. So I, I can only imagine those battles. I, I went to a camp at University of Maryland where before I got uh, Southwestern Virginia with John Lucas, and I didn't check it out. I didn't attend the camp. I just attended the, the, the hangout with John Lucas, and I, I played in the council games every day, but nothing didn't make me do it the camp to be with the normal normal campers. But I went and played against Steve Shepard and the Bear and he like, come play with us, but I can see these guys battle. I can only think about Eugene and those guys battling at some point in time because they battled hard, even in summer.
3: And to echo what Al said, think about the barns. All right, you had a Little John Coliseum, but Reynolds Coliseum at State. Wake Forest had that the old place downtown. I mean, it was – and then of course Cameron and U Hall turned out to be Ralph's house. It turned to be a pretty good place to play. And then, of course, Coldfield House. Those people were brutal up there.
2: Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Cole Coldfield House was, was was huge though. It was huge, uh, but it was a dump. Uh, Wake Forest was like a barn. Um <laughs> Carolina. I don't know what y'all were doing. They, they, they kept the heat up in the the That was that Red back A- 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 trick. That was that Red Arbac trick. We came in the locker room one time, and, and Bill said, let's go back out. He says, that's, that's <laughs> some of these. He said, some of these. I said, let's go back outside. They were <laughs> steaming in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> we had to be, we went back outside. I so, said, how they do, how can they get away with this, what that's that's how it was. So, the hallway.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and Gene, the Duke fans were so knowledgeable that I was, I think, the first radio guy. I got booed. I got booed as a radio guy walking into Cameron. So Did
2: you? Uh, yo, yeah, bad radio guy, bad radio. They're all cheering. Yeah, they anyway. were vicious. They were vicious when I, now they're they're more choreographed now. Yeah. They're yeah. more like. When I was back, when we were there, when I was there, it was crazy. I mean, they threw the Trojans out. When, when UNC came and yeah. played them, they opened up Trojans. They threw them all on the floor. They threw them all you know, they had the they had. The, it was on national TV. So, oh, they were, they were crazy. I, how does Duke get
4: away with that stadium? I mean, I mean, we all play that. It ain't changed much. I mean, I went and watched my son play there when he's was at Georgia Tech. And, you, I mean, you got to get ushered in and out. If you got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the stand, you, you,
2: you, you're in oh, trouble. Are you done? Oh, you're you're done? in trouble. You're done. I don't. I don't even go to. I'll go. To, I don't even go to games. I'll go to see the practices out. And then K has a special room back there where you can go watch the game. It's for the for the endowment people are sending a lot of money. But there's a room that's back where you should be the old uh, girls' basketball. I watch and I cannot sit in those stands, man, because the city number one. And then if you gotta go to bathroom, you can cancel, Chris. You ain't going.
3: <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. Al Woods, six years in the NBA. Gene Banks was, you know, four years with San Antonio, played with the, the Spurs and the Bulls and just had a, a, a great career. But, Ralph, I have a question I know you're going to ask because I'm curious about it. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I'll ask that. So, at Virginia, we had a rivalry with Maryland, our last game of the year, and the left-hander. But tradition go even today, ESPN everybody. Miami, has- the Carolina rivalry reek. I think. I mean, that came from Carolina Duke because it was such a rivalry before they even invented that, right? So, what do you guys think about that rivalry? How important is that to you guys? I know it may not be like it is today, but y'all played in that game twice, you know, a, a year and at the end of the year as well back then. So, I'm sure with the rivalry, somebody hated somebody because y'all not too far apart in distance, right? So, somebody got bragging rights somewhere in the summertime.
6: Six
2: miles, six miles. Six, six miles. miles.
4: It's real. It's real close by. But the
6: thing that I remember, though, early on, when I first got to uh, Chapel Hill, in uh, in my mind, the rivalry was NC State uh, because you were still trying to knock off NC State because they had David Thompson, mm. Tommy Burleson, and Money Town. They had been doing great. So uh, North Carolina at that time had not won the uh, national championship on the, uh, uh, Coach Smith. So mm. the, the rivalry, but you had to win the ACC tournament to get an automatic bid right. to the NCAA. Right. But Right. Now, once uh, Duke, once our uh, gene they go to the final four and and could have easily won the national championship, that changed everything. That completely changed. And far as I'm concerned, that changed the whole landscape of uh, of Duke basketball. Although Bill Foster was there and Coach K wasn't there yet, because shortly after that, you end up with Johnny Dawkins coming. And then so, well, that changed guy, the
3: rivalry. That changed I, the rivalry.
6: I think, I, I think so because again, in the ACC, if I'm not mistaken, again, in our four years, Gene, I think you guys won two ACC championships and we won two. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, when you win an ACC championship, that's pretty big deal. But, uh, but the rivalry, it still wasn't quite, it wasn't what it is now. But again, part of what it is now is the marketing of the game and so forth. That makes a big difference.
2: Back then it was, it was like true to heart because all the students and the people that worked around Durham and Chapel Hill, they were in this thing. I mean, they would die hard. You had to win this game. When you went to the grocery store, I mean, the trash man came around. I mean, it was like it was like forget the rest of the schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah, you guys are playing good. Blah 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 blah. The students all through the week. It was all about Duke and Carolina, and I think we had to earn that, and we earned it when I, I guess when I when I came there, because uh, I don't know what was happening before, but when we beat them, that, that and Cameron, that was the one that was a stablemate when we won the game in Cameron. And that was a statement to tell us what we were all about and what we were. And that was the one that raised the bar for the rivalry to start going. And then, you know, Carolina was like, okay, they beat us. No, nah, that ain't going to happen over here. they all come and see us next. So <laughs> that's when they got the beef, got it. And, and it, it was really intense to the fact that it was all – it wasn't just all about the game. It was more than the game. You know, it was – deep. was all – everybody was affected by it.
4: Yeah, a, the, the game of the year always at the end of the season for sure. That just became the – even today, it's much more of a commercialized. That's know, all it is. Now, as Al said, it's much more that way today. But back in the day, it was, when, when you know, when you had uh, everybody coming up, everybody wanted to see that game at the end. No matter what was online, it was a game to see. Well,
2: well they, we you see? know, here's, here's the thing, too. They had a barbershop in Durham. a lot of come over to the shop. Yes, and sure did. they go over to the barbershop. Yep. Yeah, them be over there. I would come in there every now and then. I, I, I was never really a, 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 a crap talker. <laughs> I, would, I would listen to it and I just go just say okay no problem and guys would be talking and say a little sly remark. They wouldn't they wouldn't say it really nasty but they'd say a little sly remarks and James would say something really really sly real quick and walk on out and i said, okay it's going to be like <laughs> that. Okay. Uh-huh.
4: So, you, you, you tell, so you tell yeah. me you and James were in that same barbershop at the same time talking oh, yes. to
2: Yeah oh, yeah. Oh, over, no. the, guys, the guys would be over there and, and, and everybody was cool but you know the, You'd be, you be like real coy and everything. And, oh, okay, what's up? You know? Yeah, that game coming up, baby. Yeah, that game <laughs> <up>. <laughs> So which one y'all, what y'all, y'all going to do? Everybody wouldn't say nothing. All I know is we're we going to try to get that, that thing out there. You know, <laughs> everybody try, We try to say something, not give them the, what you call it, a uh, chart board, Right. Know? Right, But But you want to say something, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you know you're going to come back there again. And if you don't come off correct, them brothers gonna let you hear them in they're doing your hair. So, yeah, that that it, it, it was it was deep, Ralph. I'm telling you. So, so
4: so you you hear all that before the game even happens. Oh,
2: heck yeah.
4: You play the game, you, you win, you get bragging rights, you go back to the barbershop, what happens?
2: Oh, you're just walking like this, you know. <laughs> I had to deal with, you know, the biggest problem I had to deal with getting away from the Carolina thing was Ernie Graham. Me and Ernie Graham used to get into it, but I would never talk to him. Ernie, Ernie would do stuff that was just out of, out of control, just saying stuff. in the I just had to be like a boxer and tune him out. But even with Carolina, I took the same approach. I'm not going to be one to make them, give them energy to come at me because I don't want that because they, they're already a good team. They're already a great team. I'm not going to give them nothing that they go to, to, to spur them on. So that's what it was for me. Uh, and I told the other guys, don't even, don't y'all do that. The, the students, everybody else got it. They got enough going on. To, to go on. <laughs> one thing I
6: remember... Uh, though about our rivalry uh, with Duke. <clears throat> my uh, is uh, Gene's uh, senior year, because Gene came out of the locker room. Oh my God. <laughs> he, he had roses. He had all these roses that he was throwing to, and if I'm not mistaken, your mother was at that game, Gene. My you had roses there, for your yeah. mother,
2: <laughs> oh and you throwing God.
6: roses up in the stands, and <laughs> then he come out of the game, and we got him beat, and he hit a shot from mid-court to send the game into overtime. Oh, and Lord. they go into overtime, and they beat us in overtime in senior year. I never will forget that game. You know, I know
2: you believe in spirituality, but that was God's gift to me, to yeah. get back to the fans. Because you remember, even when I made this the shot to win it, that shot came off a rebound, and it came off your shoulder. You went up, yeah. and you, you had it, and it went through your hands and it bounced off your shoulder. I was right there. I scooped it and put it back in. So it was one of those games that I mean, geez, I mean, you couldn't wrote a, a better crazier script for me to leave out, and and I, I to this very day I always thought I, said, I, I thank God for that game, I really do. Yeah,
3: yeah. the great Al Wood, the great Gene Banks. Did yeah. your coaches? I, I got to know. Did
2: your coaches feel the rivalry? Well, Kate Kate didn't feel it as first. Bill Bill had the situation. Bill was like, you know, <laughs> he said you always say they 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 said that uh, a Smith uh invented the game of basketball. We I didn't know it was Dean's game. You know? <laughs> Bill was Bill was the funniest thing. He, he was he was such a wise cracker. He would crack it was not out of disrespect, but he also knew that in the and winning he would get the respect on the level of Coach Dean. And he got some of that uh, and a great deal with that. But they they would try to they try to downplay a little bit, uh, but they we worked twice hard, man. Let me tell you something, we worked twice hard on all kind of drills and things of being able to be set and being ready because you never know. But this because this team is the team can do it. Carolina can do anything. They can do a lot of stuff. You know, so that was the biggest thing besides the ride itself. so. so hey, Coach Smith program. really
6: used to work on uh he used to really want us to work on our stuff. But one thing I as I look back, you get older, you can appreciate things a whole lot more, I think, as you look back. Mm-hmm. He had the most respect for the other coaches and the other players. He just had the, the ultimate Uh, amount of praise for each and every guy so you had to show tremendous respect
4: so i mean you go from coach smith to bill foster and a little bit of k there and now careers after basketball as this brotherhood continues playing golf or talking on the phone or 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 just kicking it up a little bit so tell me you know everybody everybody's listening i know what you're doing now but Tell me how special, like this. This I can see it in the call we have here because you guys may have not talked but know all the stuff camaraderie that we always have when we just call each other a text, one and two. And what what's going on in the world today, Gene? I know you are AD and now I know you're a minister. Tell me that because people, you know, we can talk basketball all day long, right? We can talk about games, we can talk about points, rebounds, but it's the person inside of you that was instilled by your parents growing up and our coaches that taught us and then now life after basketball and what we're doing today.
2: Well, I'm going to tell you what's really interesting. You know, I was, and, and, and Al is this guy, he's doing a lot of saving lives and in and, and the spirit. I was raised when we had a Pentecostal church in our basement in West Philly. But one of the things I've learned about lo- the love my mom had for all people and the things I love greatly about this time for us, my connection with you, Ralph, and, and, and people don't even know when my wife passed away, how Phil Ford Phil was mm-hmm. always calling and checking on me. Uh and he, we weren't close, close, but he would call me and he called me again, then he called me again, then he called me again, then he called me again. I mean, who 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 does that during a time when I was going through a serious peril where you would think other people would do that? Mm-hmm. Family members weren't doing that to me. So that builds up something something special. Derek Wittenberg and, and, and guys like that, to be able to know that we went to school and we we grew up like adolescents and, and, and had this experience. <clears throat> And now we have our own lives. We've had journeys to be able to be here now, and not just be a testament in athletics, but a testament in life that we continue on. And to see that love that you're doing to other people, and also I felt it being engaging with you and have that opportunity. That's that's to me this most special thing in the world for me in my time in life. And I'm working. I'm the athletic director at Gasson College. I'm working with diversity, and I'm, I'm going to get guys involved. And, and 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 my thing is I, I feel not just blessed, uh, I get emotional sometimes when I sit back because everybody keeps saying, Gene, you're just different. I said, do you love people? I said, yeah, I love people. Well, I don't like a lot of people in, but the thing of it is, I'm so blessed because now I'm at 60 something years old now and you Ralph too. We don't know how much long time we got. I'm left. only 19,
4: man, I'm only 19, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you and I, you, you're 19, I looks like he's 18. <laughs> but, but all this happened now. It's come, we learn how our parents are dealing with stuff. And, and, and what we're trying to understand is how life is. You don't know if you're going to be here for this time or that time, what's your goodness that you have in you got to give to other people. I mean, it's, I'm learning so much that love is so important, man, that, that and the love that you guys give me, it, it, it's, it's special. No doubt about it. I, uh, most people
6: didn't realize about me, uh, is that right now, again, I'll, I'll be 63 in a couple of months. I think I was a little older than Eugene when you got, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'll be 63. And I had issues in my family that most people didn't know about. My mother was incarcerated uh, the entire time I was in college. Mm. And the governor <laughs> of Georgia uh, allowed my mother my last game of my senior year to uh, come watch me play a basketball game. Mm. And so she had all kinds of issues and some things were going on that I didn't understand. And so what I ended up doing um, was when I turned 30 years old, I realized that there was something about my life that really needed to change. It wasn't no one thing. It was just the way that uh, I viewed myself in terms of down the road and Coach Smith and so forth. I I didn't want to disrespect or embarrass all the people who had uh, poured so much into my life and so much. So Mm -hmm. I really realized that I had a uh, problem with alcohol. So starting that day, actually go all the way back to November of 1989, I I had a wake-up call. And since that time, for me, I've never had a drink. I've never had had even a beer so much. Uh, Now, I don't, and what I do now is I go into all the schools and I go into uh, wherever they invite me to uh, come and I share a lot of my stories and I talk about the dangers in particular of early, early age drinking people because I want to see young people reach their full potential. And what I realized is this, if that damaged their brains by starting drinking too early, then they never can be all that they could be. And I Mm. want to see them be all that they could be and and make sure they have a major impact in the world in a positive way. So that's pretty much what I do right now.
4: Mm. Very, very very, very powerful for my lessons growing up to now. So I know you guys are are special guys and I appreciate the brotherhood because I know what you do on the court, but also know more about what you do off the court and our impact with lives are better off the court than on the court. So I appreciate you guys and love you. And yeah, no, let's just let's do this again. I mean, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's oh, way,
2: no doubt about it. It's, it's way way, way cool. Because Ralph, you got you you mean you did my podcast and your story, man. And people still talks about the stuff that they didn't even know. You know, and I, I definitely got to do Al's because Al's got a powerful message. And like I said, when I do my podcast, it's just about us talking about life. It's like what we were just talking right. about. And I'm not trying to do this now. I need to, but. My cold concept is listening listen to people's journeys, man. Because it 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 fills me. It fills right. me. Man, it fills me. You know, and I look at God and God, man, this dude, this warrior did some. He, oof, you mm-hmm. know, and look at it. It gives it gives me strength. Their, their, their testimony is me Ralph's testimony. Al's now, I didn't even know that about Al till just now. I never knew that about Al.
3: All Americans in every sense of the word. Al Wood, Gene Banks. Guys, thank you so much. It was uh It was a great journey for for an hour. We appreciate it.
5: To get into sportscasting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet. It's because they couldn't find a program that provided the real-world experience that you need to get started So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one. Full Sail University, great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sports casting, I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together.
1: The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Educate.
3: Welcome back to the Winter Circle Network, and this is Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Great to have you. Uh, Gene and, and Al Wood were just tremendous, and I knew they they would be. We were talking at the top, Ralph, about how exciting this time of year. I didn't get a chance to ask you, as a player, how exciting was it for a selection Sunday and then knowing we got to travel and then, the you know, all the things that were were going on because you were under such a showcase and such a spotlight. How exciting was it? Well, Mac,
4: if you recall, you know, my freshman year at UVA, we were sitting there waiting to see if we got in. Because right. you know, we, we didn't have a, a great season, but we had I thought I think a good enough season to get there. And we had a good team. But uh, they didn't we wouldn't of the sixty four. And that was depressing for us. Right. Uh, and I you know we came together as a team, we banned it, like a, a, a bunch of banshees and, and just nailed it down. And we went and won to NIT. So we knew we could play, but we went out town. We said, next year, we definitely going to get there. So we put in the work over the summer and right. played every day, lifted weights every day, et cetera, et cetera. And then we get to the final four. So sitting there waiting the next year, we knew we were in, right? We knew we would end, be in. Mm-hmm. And then the next three years from me we knew we'd be in. But it's like, where do you go? I mean, where are they going to seed you at? Because you don't know. No. Uh, East Coast, West Coast. Right. I mean? And that's to the anticipation that players sit there and watch on Selection Sunday. And then not only where you going to go, who are you going to play? Uh, because, you know, those – you know, everybody out there that filled out a bracket, those four or five games, six, seven, eight games, whatever, the question mark games that you can't really pick who's going to win or not win, right? right, in the bracket. That's what those bracket busters do. So for us at Virginia, we just – Knew we were pretty good. We knew we would be in the top seed. We would play, you know, some lower seed team. But is where would you go play? Because fans had to travel. Then you got to get tickets. Then you got to get family. Then you got to get this whole logistical thing. This year is totally different because that's not going to be allowed to some degree like normal, right? Uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch what happens. And hopefully when they do all this stuff, as we know, we can see kind of where these teams land and see how they play.
3: After the loss to Notre Dame, which snapped the, the 28 game winning streak, and then of course we go through the regionals, and now BYU, I mean, Virginia's sitting pretty, and BYU is going to play Notre Dame, uh, you know, for the, for the right, I guess, to see who is going to play, you know, Virginia. And, and BYU gets a Danny Ainge coast to coast to beat Notre Dame. And I'm thinking, Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> We don't have to play. Irish again. Yeah. And Pete Gillen, our good friend was on that bench. If you remember, yep. there were just a lot of things that were part of that. You had beaten Carolina, Virginia had beaten Carolina twice. Alwood puts on the show as we talked mm-hmm. about uh with the 39, but then on Monday, walking into the spectrum. Virginia's going to play the last third-place game. Reagan is shot. We didn't know whether we were going to have basketball or not. Those are I, those are things that week I, I don't think I'll ever, ever forget. Those are fabulous memories for me. Yeah, no, I mean, you know,
4: those are memories that stick out, right, especially yeah. playing in, uh, in Chicago against Notre Dame and Orlando where it's hit that shot. Right. Uh, I mean, we on a roll. We playing pretty well, uh, you know, I can recall, but he, they, they played better. And then having the opportunity, I wanted to play him again. You know, I, I know sure. they couldn't beat us. I wanted to play him again, so we proved that. But having the ability to play Greg Kite, that was the same house school as myself. Uh, Danny Ainge that I knew, you know, was a good player and possibly go to the NBA as well. And the nucleus of other players. They had a couple of good players on the team as well. Yeah, uh, Danny hated me after that as well. I and mean, we played the NBA, like we beat y'all. We should have beat y'all. And then at one poll he was the player of the year, and two other polls I was the player of the year. He said, I'm the player of the year. I said, Danny, you no, know, no, I'm the player of the year. So be quiet. So it, it became a fun after the fact. But uh I know he hated that game for sure.
3: The uh the Danny Ainge Ralph Sampson rivalry did pick up steam later in the NBA. I do it's it picked so, up a little bit, absolutely. Yeah, and we'll we'll tell that story one day. But anyway, it's gonna be a great week. Uh, I'm gonna try to match brackets with you. so we'll I sure I'll make sure you get a copy and we'll play for a, a chick-fil-A dinner. you know there I think that, I think go. that'll be fun. So anyway, uh, great show. have fun. Have a great tournament week and I know we got a, another great one coming for you next week. so I'll see you soon. Big guy.
1: All right, thanks, Matt.
3: All right, the Winner Circle network in Center court with Ralph Sampson. Have a good weekend.
1: You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work.